put them in front. He doesn't miss. Oh, the little man higher for longer than all around him. She is a good kick. It is a great kick. It's one for the ages. Oh, Luke for the trampoline. Hodges done it from nowhere. Cyril, has he got the journey? Oh, he has. He has. He has. He's kicked the goal, Cyril. What a beauty. Well, we were hoping for an exciting off-season, but so far it's been a classic case of careful what you wish for, with a couple of high-profile departures, one huge return, and plenty of questions surrounding the Hawthorne Football Club. And, just in case you happen to miss it, there was a grand final that happened, so we're going to recap the big game too and tackle all of the big stories that happened this week. Let's get on with it. Welcome to the Hawk Talk podcast, the most must-hear show for all fans of the Hawthorne Football Club. My name is Nick Mason. I'm coming to you all the way from Ontario, Canada, and joining me is a man who's had his finger on the pulse this week during what has been a pretty tumultuous time for the club. G'day, Tiz. G'day, mate. How are you? You good? I can barely hear you. You need to speak up. What's going on there? No, no, I can't be too loud. There's a marauding oh. Tigers fan. Oh, no. Yeah, we haven't actually left the house this week. <laughs> Jeez, I thought it'd be bad. I didn't think it'd be that bad. The beer's all gone. <laughs> oh, I'm so glad I used a pseudonym for this <laughs> Now, as far as I know, Richmond has actually just turned into a new dominion. It's Tigerland, and that's spread out as far as Abbotsford as well. Yeah, and they took over time as a dimension as well. <laughs> I tell you what, it's been one of those weeks where everything seems to have slowed down, but that might be due to something else entirely. I tell you what, the ripple effect of Tigers winning is being felt at Hawthorne. Well, that's it. It's the chain of cause and effect. It's it's the butterfly effect, isn't it? It's the beginning of the apocalypse, basically, and Hawthorne's felt it with full force so far. It's a strange time. Like, uh, we woke up Monday thinking, oh, all right, let's look forward to the draft, and I'm going through the trade options, and then suddenly Tracy Gaudry's gone, and then... And then we're like, oh, well, Richard Garvey, he really buggered that up, so he, he's obviously in the gun. And oh, and then someone else resigned from the board, Stevenson, who's a 71 premiership player, I think. And uh, we're like, oh, things are getting pretty tight down there. What's going on? I thought the changes were meant to be on the, on the playing list, not in the boardroom. So for anyone who's been living under a rock, this is the start of everything that's happened this week. It's been quite a time, let me tell you, but here's where it began. Days ago, Hawthorne sacked Chief Executive Tracy Gordry. I say sacked, I'm reading from, uh, I believe it was The Age I got this article from. You're not so confident about sacks, Tiz? Well, no. Um, the club came out, Richard Garvey came out and said family issues, but um, of course it may, be, may have been her family still wanting to barrack for Geelong <laughs> and not Hawthorne. That may have been the issue. I mean, if that's the case, at least wait until round one, see what happens, you know. That's <laughs> usually score the four points then, Geelong. I mean, you can't be that dissatisfied with it but anyway you're right in saying Garvey did release a statement uh it said unfortunately Tracy has faced extenuating family and personal circumstances this year which have made it difficult to continue in the role so Garvey's taken a bit of a softer approach uh, compared to the the media's angle of she was sacked yeah fired let go whatever you want to call it yeah it probably impacted how how much the payout was to be honest Nick but um <laughs> could have done could have done <clears throat> it's meant to be about 300k isn't it something like that how do the coffers yeah we're well, just shy of what we get paid to do this oh, that's right yes yeah <laughs> yeah and so richard garvey was then crucified for 
what was seen as an extraordinarily long and drawn-out process in which we missed out on a few candidates that were obviously desirable and ended up with one who only lasted four or five months. Basically, yeah, Gaudry's tenure was really only five months, which is quite extraordinary. I think at the time there was some criticism levelled at Hawthorne for taking that long to find someone, but then I, I think that was almost swept under the rug by it being quite a, a historical thing, really. Um, the first woman to run an AFL club, that was big. It's big for Hawthorne, it's big for the AFL, it's big for sport in general, women in sport. But um, it might have overshadowed the fact that this perhaps wasn't the best appointment after all, which we're only finding out now. Well, I think they acknowledged that she, you know, they sort of gave her a go because she, she'd never really managed a club of such big finances or, or anything that large. But um, they felt that she had the right attitude to it. And, uh, you know, maybe it was just too big, big a piece to break off. Who knows? I tell you what, what would have helped her out is um, that AFLW bid would have been nice. Yeah, that looks like the straw that broke the camel's back, doesn't it? The, the timing of it makes sense, really, when you look at it. And the fact that they've sort of they've sort of put us in a hard place by making sure North Melbourne own the Apple Isle, because uh, they've been, you know, the AFL board have been trying to get us out of Tasmania ever since we made it useful or a success. So... Um, and I can't believe that North can't realise they're being relocated by stealth. But uh, anyway. <laughs> well, why are you so shocked that North would be slow on the uptake with something? Oh, it's just... <laughs> I don't know why you're so surprised. <laughs> well, generally, that club somehow finds a way to to survive through street smarts more than any, <laughs> anything else. And yeah. um, you'd think they'd have their finger on the pulse. But uh, so then we had another board member go, didn't we? Well, we sure did. Um, well, we had a few departures, really, because after that, uh, Stevenson didn't really like what he was seeing at a board level, so he resigned. Mm-hmm. And then uh, the big one was Richard Garvey uh, felt that he should take responsibility. Again, the media is driving this narrative that Hawthorne's had to really pick up the pieces afterwards and form their own story and report it properly. The media said that Garvey fell on his own sword. Did he? Did he? Yeah. <laughs> or was he just sort of thrust upon an upturned blade by Jeffrey? No. I don't know. <laughs> I don't think that's true. By the sounds of it, Garvey got in contact with Kenneth. Yes, yeah. Yes, I'm sure he did. Thank you, Nick. Yep. I'm prepared to tow that line. Those tinfoil hats still available? Are there any, <laughs> any stock of those? No, come on. You, what you're looking at here is a very, 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 very experienced politician. Just... Hitting his straps at exactly the right moment. It's not all about him. The board has, you know, control over this too. And he has control over the board, Nick, I think you'll find. Well, okay. Well, he does now. Yeah. <laughs> which is the which is the point. But, um, no, he's there to appoint a new CEO and uh, he's got some great contacts. And I, <laughs> I love how he's all, already changing the argument to uh, be sort of anti the AFL, <laughs> like getting us out of Tasmania. He's already manoeuvring himself and positioning himself to take over from Gill at some point when everybody realises uh, <laughs> that he's not really making any beneficial decisions to the AFL. And if GWS don't win a premiership in the next couple of years, it's going to look like a frightful thing. So No, but the killers were great. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that part was good. Although, unfortunately, they couldn't award them the Norm Smith. <laughs> so um, I want to explore this Kennett thing because... I mean, what an event it's been. And I wasn't sure at first because I, I kind of think that 
at, certainly at the time when I read the news, I was like, are you serious? What are we doing? What is happening to Hawthorne? What's going on back home? I, I figured it was just a symptom of the Richmond apocalypse and, you know, things were just thrown into turmoil by proxy. But, uh, you know, I looked at it and I, I heard him speak. I heard him manage the media and the reporters, the journalists in the room perfectly. They wanted to sensationalise it and he lassoed them. He wouldn't let them get away with it. And then he took aim at the AFL. He defended our turf in Tassie. He, he ticked all these boxes and tears. I just looked at it and I said... Guess who's back? Back again. <laughs> Kenneth's back. Tell a friend. Two Waverley Park girls running around the outside, Tiz. <laughs> I, you know, it's great. I'm, I'm on board now. I wasn't at first, but he's, 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 he's a strong figure. I think he is uh, s- somewhat mistakenly outspoken at times. I think it can rub people up the wrong way. It certainly has me throughout his time, throughout his, throughout his first tenure as president. But seeing him back in that chair, I, I have a kind of a good feeling about it. It snuck up on me. Yeah, there's a strength to his leadership. And he's already galvanising the club by sort of uh, putting the AFL offside. But um, <laughs> <laughs> but that, that's the way he works. He has certain objectives and he has very high expectations for a lot of his appointments. And um, generally... He gets pretty good results. I think this is his third go at it, though, isn't it? This is his third tenure. Is it his third tenure? I think so. I'm sure the listeners will chime in. At Hawk Talk Pod is where you want to go to engage with us on Twitter. Uh, before I move on and look at some of the Twitter responses at this appointment, uh, I just want to say you can rate and review us on iTunes. Jump on there. Tears, we hit 40 reviews. We hit the Cade Stewart milestone. Woohoo! Yep, feeling pretty good about that. So thanks so much to everyone who's jumped on iTunes and rated and reviewed us. It's always good to read those. Thanks so much. Uh, we're also on SoundCloud. You can find us on podcast apps. And of course, like I said, you can hit us up at Hawk Talk Pod on Twitter, which is great. It's great to hear from everyone on Twitter. Lovely talking to you guys and girls. Uh, Rowan has got in touch with us. He says, I'm starting to think a wartime president like Jeff is a good appointment, but we can only really know one to two years down the track. What are your thoughts? Our wartime president, he's only there because we're in a bit of a crisis and he stepped in as a white gallant knight to absolve us of our uh, fears. Are we a club in crisis, Tiz? Well, I tell you what, I do see something in the near future when Clarko walks into Kenneth's office yep. and says, so I, I should have been gone like four years ago, right, mate? <laughs> <laughs> and, and you're back. I thought you're only allowed to be at a club 10 years or something, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Clarko puts his feet up on the desk and says, let me catch you up on what you missed. <laughs> We heard from Scott as well on Twitter who said, this is an awesome idea. If only for the reason, Jeff is going to piss everyone off. There is some value to that too because you get so much airtime with Jeff. Yeah, yeah. He, uh, If any of our other chairmans had issues they wanted to take public, <laughs> oh, good luck. <laughs> but Jeffrey will just walk out and they'll be like, oh, yeah, okay, all right, we'll print that. No worries. <laughs> Now, what, one of the bits I loved about his press conference is was right towards the end. It was like, like an 18-minute thing. Uh, and right towards the end, he, he said very firmly, very strongly, it's a nice little soundbite. It was like, we're not here just to occupy space in the AFL. We're here to win. So it's almost like, you know, I, I don't want to steal or, or uh, mutate a Trumpism, but make Hawthorne relevant again. 
<laughs> it's what what seems to be Kenneth's goal. Nah, no, nah, he's not. He's not Eddie Maguire, mate. Make Collingwood great again. That was a fantastic moment. Was that a thing? Did they actually do that? He actually said it. Oh, during the presser for uh, Nathan Buckley being re um, re-signed. But that's the point, I think. Hawthorne are prepared to admit a mistake and correct it. <laughs> I pointed this out on Twitter. It was good fun, actually. That got a good response. Well, we might be accused of being ruthless, but at least we don't let it smell around, you know? <laughs> yeah. You get out the pint of clean, clean it up, you know? Yeah, so it doesn't just sit there and stink up the joints like an old tuna sandwich in a high schooler's locker. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. That's where I went with the Nathan Buckley metaphor. Don't worry about that. They signed him for another two years. Like, like... I feel like, you know, we laughed about it at the time, but what, a month later, and it's kind of like, oh shit, yeah, that actually happened. Nathan Buckley is the coach of Collingwood for another two years, and we're not still laughing? Are you kidding me? It's great great value as far as I'm concerned. Now, speaking of Collingwood, I believe uh, Gary Pertz, one of the um, candidates for CEO, which could be interesting because he was the scapegoat a little while ago at Collingwood yes. for their underperforming. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, we're kind of... Uh, you know, some criticism has to be leveled at the club. I know the, the the response from Twitter, at the very least, when this news came out, and you did very well to report it, you are right on it, you had your finger on the pulse, and you said, Jeff is back. And everyone was over the moon. Like I said, at first, I was a bit uh, sceptical. I wasn't sure what to make of it. I was worried. Because um, it felt like we were going backwards instead of looking to the future. But everyone else, I'm like, am I going crazy? Everyone is seeing this as like a massive positive move. But in amidst all that, you have to admit that, you know, the club did make a mistake and uh, our search for a CEO uh, resumes. So uh, we're going to look at candidates now and we're not the only ones in the market looking for one. No, there's also Simon Garlick, who's been on the Western Bulldogs CEO merry-go-round of the last couple of years. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, if you want to look at a club in turmoil, have a look at their, uh, I mean, having won a premiership, they're just crumbling. I mean, that's the other thing with this. If, um, as you have success you get poached all your best people get poached out of your club and the people who aren't necessarily you know it's the peter principle the peter people who aren't necessarily ripe for the job above them eventually step into that role and that can happen and i think it's happened at hawthorne in a few areas and um that needs to be corrected just a few i think (laughs) (laughs) we've offloaded so much ip from coaches to to every role filtering down from there we've been so charitable in letting people go. Yeah, but our recruiting has, in the main, stayed pretty good. Oh, yeah. Stayed together pretty well. Yeah, yeah. Um, Gary Bacanara did leave, of course, but, um, yeah. So so it's interesting times. And I can only hope that there are more playing list changes than there are backroom changes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've got, I'm scratching my head about that because I'm like... What actually is happening now, <laughs> listeners, those who pay attention, those astute listeners among the Hawk Talk podcast fan base, they might have noticed last week we neglected to talk about much trade news as far as Hawthorne was concerned, mostly because there's not that much going on. Oh, no, there's a Jarman coming to Hawthorne. <laughs> a Jarman Impey. Yeah, Jarman Impey. <laughs> well, we've got, we've got a prime away from Port Adelaide, apparently, because... Uh, the advertiser's reporting that he's a required player and he's contracted to the end of 2018. So if we want him, we've got to fight for him. No, apparently he's one um, taxi ride or late night out away from being in Hawthorne. That's part of the problem, though. You're trying to lure Jarman Impey to, to Melbourne. You've got to get him in trouble. There's nothing to do in South Australia. Paddy Ryder did all right. No. <laughs> <laughs> 
That he did. That he did, yeah. Who else is coming? Andrew Gaff? He's another one. Yeah. Um, well, there's, no, there's nothing much. There, that's. I think that's rumours as far as uh, hopeful Hawthorne fans are concerned. I don't think there's anything really in the trade wins officially about that. The delisted Jake Spencer? He could be on his way. Uh, who else have we got? Anyway. <laughs> there's no one. There's, we're, we're not bringing in... You know how we're, we're touting the fact that we we're going to lure a big fish months ago? Mm-hmm. There are no fish left. <laughs> Even Rocky's going to Port Adelaide. Yeah, Rocky's off to Port. That I thought that was our last hope. And now all we're doing is we're sitting on the pier, casting a line, and we're bringing up boot after boot. <laughs> There's nothing in the ocean, Tiz. Now we'll be all right. We'll go to the draft. What's our first pick again? Well, our first pick's in the 30s, isn't it? Something like that, isn't it? Yeah, 32, isn't it? No, it might be later than that. I'm, I think I'm wrong. Anyway, first pick in the 30s, and uh, we'll need a bit of luck. What you can do uh, for us next next show, uh, whenever we end up recording, um, you can look into the history of that pick and see what we might be able to get for it. Oh, terrific. <laughs> There's your homework, okay? Yay. <laughs> Now, uh, naturally, uh, with with all this going on, opposition supporters have taken much delight in the idea that Hawthorne may be a club in crisis. So uh, I looked on Twitter, and there wasn't actually quite as much as I thought there might be, but I did come across one tweet that I found really amusing. It's from this guy called Paul H., who says, I played basketball against Don Scott way back in the day. He made it unpleasant for all teammates, the opposition, umpires, and even the crowd. (laughs) (laughs) What's he doing with the crowd to make them hate showing up? I don't know. He's, of course, they've, uh, they've hit him up for an opinion on Jeff and it wasn't all that, uh, yeah, he wasn't all that pleased. No, no, he hasn't ruled out instigating a challenge according to the Herald Sun. Oh, good, good. Okay. From Sorrento. That'll be interesting. (laughs) Look, all he wants, Don Scott, is a fashion line. Just give him enough money to design a fashion line. Don Scott can come back in a couple of years, get to Hawk's Nest. No one will buy it, but <laughs> at least he'll shut up. All right, you hear that? Someone out there, you sort him out. Take him off our hands. Like Fletcher Jones, but Don Scott's. It'll be great. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. I love the idea. I want to talk about, uh, you know, apart from Jeff, we've had, uh, we've had an acquisition. Did you hear about this one? Uh, Sean Dempster has arrived at Hawthorne. A premiership at Sydney and two failed premiership bids at St Kilda. So uh, he had his success early on. Yeah, and he's uh, joined the club in a strength and conditioning role. Uh, He has a degree in biomedicine. He's worked closely with St Kilda's strength and conditioning team during his time there. And uh, it looks like he brings a wealth of experience to the role, which is good. He's 33 years old. He's going to be working predominantly on Box Hill players and rehabilitation group. So, uh, so there's that. Now, speaking of um, you know other recruits and I guess Hawthorne alumni is what we'll, we'll talk about now. Stewie Jew's gone up north to the Gold Coast Suns. Yeah, you feel for him, don't you? <laughs> I do a bit. I wish him well. Put it that way. His four-year streak will be interesting. He's played in a grand final every four years. The only one he lost was 2016. So 2020, get on the Suns. Join Gill and all his cronies and get high on the Gold Coast, much like the players. Uh, How far away are we from our next premiership, Chief? 2018. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Mate, if a team with... Let's review who just won a flag. 
right? Oh, it is the worst side I've ever read out. <laughs> Let's review the grand final since we're talking about it now. Can we just ban interstate clubs from the grand final? Because they keep... Oh, they are hopeless. We keep seeing the under-18 TAC squad come out in their colours. It's just... The real Adelaide's in a bin with Eddie Betts' appendix somewhere. Never have I seen a more childish act than uh, Tex Walker's speech post-game. I would have been livid if I were an Adelaide fan and I'd travelled for that. Not only the performance of the side, but just his... It was less than 20 seconds about, you know... Uh, well done to Richmond. Thanks for turning up, Adelaide supporters. Uh, yeah, nothing. In one way, I felt for him because he's obviously not great on a big stage, but he didn't have to underline it like that. Do you know what I mean? Well, I think I dare say he was feeling quite sheepish, obviously, having dropped a grand final. Not only losing, but how they lost. But you got to be prepared to lose. Uh, yeah, well, that's true. But I think Tex is the kind of guy who might be a little bit in love with himself, is, is the uh, impression I get. How about this? How about this? Yep. Apparently, a leadership group at Adelaide, this is the rumour, asked that Jake Lever not be included in the finals teams because he was leaving the club. So it was decided even before that? Yeah, well, they, they thought he was leaving. Um, obviously, his name is a dead giveaway. <laughs> but Gee, having, having the media have fun with that this week. <laughs> <laughs> Talk about low-hanging fruit. <laughs> oh, well, if it's there, eat it. Now... Um, <laughs> So, uh, but that's extraordinary from a from a player management point of view to have that people coming to Don Pike asking for a player to be left out of the side just because they don't feel he's going to be there next year. Well, it's idiotic, really. He's a good player. Why would you deprive yourself of his talent when it matters most? Imagine doing that to Buddy Franklin. Oh, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I love it also that the reaction from Adelaide is like, this is the the biggest heartache and the the most epic betrayal known to all of AFL history. Yeah, well, he's pretty young to be leaving, 21. There's a lot of upside in the boy, but, um, you know, he's going to Melbourne. That's not a huge threat, guys. Just a hole out of your team. And and to be honest, lots of players leave that club. Oh, they do. The yeah. word want-away followed by the word Adelaide is a very common phrase. <laughs> it has been. Want-away Adelaide forward. Want away Adelaide midfielder. <laughs> Want away Adelaide defender. Every year you hear that. I wonder what it is, because they don't seem like they're run too badly. And, they, and they've and they been a decent side for a number of years. Short of winning the big one, they've been thereabouts. Yeah, you're looking at Davis, Tippett, Gunston, Dangerfield. Uh, who else? Oh, there's got to be more. There's so many. Mind you, they pick up a few. It's not like it's all one way. Kyle Chaney will want out eventually. <laughs> Well, he's the obvious lever replacement. So, uh, well, actually, there, there you go. <laughs> Up your pop, Kyle. You take your chances, son. You could be losing on the big stage next year. He was very good for us. So you were going on about the Tigers and how wonderful they were across the park. Oh, jeez. Just I, the talent that oozed. Oh, I look at these names. and You know, just the idea that these, these guys are premiership players now. Jacob Townsend. Yeah, Jacob Townsend, he's a former GWS boy who uh, is a small forward. A small forward like the one they're looking for this trade period. But, you know, whatever. Then you've got Jack Graham, who was in his fifth game. I love this. And who had a great game. So I know I know who he is now. But, I mean, bloody hell, Adelaide. I mean, I expect I would know, looking at both sides, the majority of players in both teams... But I look at Richmond, and those are just some examples. And I'm like, really? 
He's a premiership <laughs> player now? Come on. Jack Graham, five games. What is it? Four finals. Hasn't lost a game. <laughs> He's got a premiership. I reckon there's a good case to retire on that stat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he he has a streak that rivals uh, Brendan Bolton's success. Does he? Well, when, when Bolton uh, was caretaker coach, when Clarkson was out, oh, he went on yeah, this incredible yeah, yeah. streak. Now, that's what I was thinking the other day. If um, if Clarko could just have another hiatus, almost like Joyce and Jeans, and then, you know, they'd, they'd just satisfy Kenneth's request for change in the coach's box and, and move on again. We will rebuild, reinvent, reclaim, as I, I said facetiously, 2018, but I think we'll be back soon enough. I don't know about next year, but we're, we're, we're going to claw our way back and uh, it's going to be very annoying for all of the uh, the opposition supporters in the entire league. But uh, it'll happen and I look forward to everyone being annoyed. That's just the kind of guy I am. Uh, but looking at the um, the grand final, um, it's not exactly a classic, was it? I never want to see another f- football game played like this, <laughs> let alone a grand final, where pressure is the key stat. Um it's just crap to watch. It's not great to enjoy. Um, you know, well done, Richmond. But uh, if they could have a rule change where we can't run the ball back through the points ever, ever again, perhaps they could have a rule change to get rid of this style of football. Mind you, they are uh, top ranked for beating their opposition by the greatest margins in finals, along with uh, Essendon and I think Hawthorne 2008 is top five. Geelong 2007's top five, so they did a hell of a lot of scoring. And uh, and I think, you know, in fairness to Richmond, I think he lay too much blame at their feet. Uh, I was extremely disappointed in Adelaide, as we've already sort of touched upon. Um, I think they needed their stars to shine, clearly, and none of them did. Not not even one. Uh, Sloan looked all right for a while, but uh, their forward line, which on paper looks like one of the most potent in the league, uh, barely fired a shot. They recorded their lowest score all year in the grand final. And they started well, you know. It's complete... It, if they started badly, it's more understandable. But they started well. They started better than Richmond did. And, and that's the other thing that I'm disappointed with. It's not only the talent on the park that didn't get the job done. I thought it was very much a coaching thing as well. It was it was a coaching blunder. They started well. And then you felt like Hardwick and, and his men, so to speak, his soldiers, they, they sort of went, okay... This is how it's playing out. They adapted. Yes, exactly right. Yeah. Absolutely adapted. And then it, it sort of shifted back onto Pike to conjure up his plan B and go, okay, the game's changed now. Richmond are getting back into it. Now I've got to think of something. And he just didn't. Yeah, and he didn't even think of go the knuckle. I mean, that's, <laughs> that's every coach's plan B at some point. <laughs> I mean, you, you know, you got a guy like Alex Rance out there who's famously punchable. <laughs> you, know, you know, you would have thought the answer was obvious. But, I mean, speaking of Rance, I bring him up. I hate to bring him up. Oh, you're going to bring up Jenkins, aren't you? Oh, well, he was only six goals away from getting that Norm Smith, Jenkins. <laughs> Very close. Just, you know, he just had to get over to the back six times, and it would have been his. But it wasn't just him. It was the, the entire Adelaide forward line, and they were done a complete disservice not only were they poor, but the, the entry, the Ford 50 delivery was so poor. Like, just putting it on top of their heads for Rance to come across and chop it off or mark it or to allow the easy double team. And by contrast, R- Richmond, 
were just chip-kicking it inside their 50 and taking marks and lining up as they pleased. And it was so frustrating to watch Adelaide make so many mistakes going forward. But also, also coming out of the back half, I think there was one glaring instance in which um, Rioli ran down one of the Adelaide guys that was sold into trouble off like a... It couldn't have even been a metre-long hand pass coming out of the back 50... Uh, this Adelaide guy hand, handballed it to his teammate with Rioli hot on his heels. It was like you don't even do that in a in a seat in a home and away game, let alone a grand final. Sell your play your teammate into trouble that easily, and they just looked a shambles all over the ground by the end of it. Yeah, the playing group didn't stick together too well. And whether they'll be back next year, either of these sides. Can I just make that point? Whether either of these sides will be in contention next year is another. Point. Yeah, Lever walks out of Adelaide, Richmond with a game based on pressure. Are they going to be any good with all these young kids? You know, we're going to see another dogs episode. Yeah, I, I don't know. I refuse to believe that Richmond, uh, you know, the unbeatable force of the AFL. They had they had a pretty charmed run. They had a good year. They were very solid, but uh, I don't know. I I find it hard to believe they're invincible. I don't see them going back to back. I think the dogs last year were, were more likely and more poised to do so. Um, I don't tip Richmond are going to be back there next year, but, you know, who knows? Who knows? Um, you know, I, I must admit, I, I did feel pretty good at the time uh, when the game was ticking over towards its conclusion. Um, I got a bit sentimental. Have, seeing the footage of, um, you know, Richo and Brendan Gale, uh, it did make me smile. Uh, I couldn't help it. It just, it was a feel-good moment, really. What I will say about that feel-good moment, um, that moment's passed, uh, <laughs> as I knew it would, very quickly. Uh, I'm over Tiger time, and uh, quite frankly, I'm happy to be away from all of it and all of the hysteria, uh, sitting pretty in Canada. I don't know what it's been like there, Tiz, but uh, I don't envy you. They were, uh, they had they shut down Swan Street for a little while, but um, and there were a lot of complaints about how howdy they were in Swan Street and misbehaving and walking out of uh, liquor stores with armfuls of beer. But um, it's just something you wish you could get away with as a fan. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure you're dying to know how it was uh, in the Toronto Dingo's heartland of the office pub watching the game. I must say your recall is pretty accurate, so (laughs) that could be some indication. <laughs> I I uh I had one side up. Oh, God. Okay. Talked to a few people throughout the night. Was it a good atmosphere? Oh, it was all right. Like I'm sure I'm sure Toronto Dingoes would love to think it was a massive success and but like it's pretty hard to mess up a grand final party. <laughs> uh and the, you know, there was a massive con- Australian contingent as well. It wasn't Canadians. It was definitely Australians and pretty much exclusively so. Go Tigers, eh? Yeah. <laughs> Is that how they do it? Do they really do that A thing? Uh, not, not as much as the cliche would suggest, I think. It's not as much of a, a stereotype as uh, has been reported. But uh, if it was, I'd tell you so. And uh, I would join in. But uh, apparently not. It's not much. Not something I encounter too much. But I will say about this, uh, this particular gig, this grand final party, it's one of the worst raffles I've ever seen. <laughs> Huh. And and inexplicably so. I don't know. I don't understand where it went wrong because from the door prizes to the to the raffle, you know, to competitions for like 
who kicks the first goal and stuff like that. It seems like whenever they pause to like read stuff out and, you know, uh, raffle ticket number, you know, blue, 41160, and no one would get up. And they're like, okay, we'll redraw, we'll go again. And you, you, you'd go through like four redraws <laughs> and it's like, where are these people? How did this even happen? And it didn't happen just once. It was a constant theme throughout the night. Where either, I don't know, there was some administrative error or people were blind drunk and weren't responding and didn't hear you or they'd left or something like it. Uh, yeah, it was just shambolic. I love those things. I just love those. It was fun. but uh, Are you going back next year? No, nah, mate, I'll be at the MCG. Good, 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 good. <laughs> uh, no, nah, look, it, it was fine. Like I said, it's pretty hard to stuff it up. All in all, I... Definitely watch the grand final in Canada. (laughs) (laughs) So no, it's not a glowing endorsement, but uh, oh look, it was fine. I tell you, and like I said, I'm I'm over the Richmond hysteria now. I I had that feel good moment where it's like, oh yeah, there's their past players and some of their boards. They're getting all misty eyed, and it was kind of cool. It was good for them, Um, but the fans on social media since it's. I'm just so done. It's going to be so good, them trying to find more salary cap for these premiership players. Um, <laughs> Jack Graham, I am a legend now. <laughs> I have been etched into football folklore, I'll have you know. Well, what a week. Yeah, right? it's it's been a... I woke up on Monday looking through the draft tables and maybe some delisted free agents Hawthorne might be looking at. Of course, we've still got the Peter Crimmins medal. Uh, this week. That's right. So we've still got our listings to go. Is it almost a touch of evil inside of me, the part that looks forward to our delistings? No, it's just a fact of life. But why do you look forward to them? It's because, <laughs> you know what, I've come full circle, Tiz. I remember when we started this podcast, it's coming up to a year, um, and we we're looking ahead to season 2017. I was anxious for the future to arrive. And I'm back there again. And it starts with the, the Peter Crimmins. It starts the delistings. You know, burn out the old wood and chuck in the new. And uh, and let's see if we can get something started, you know? Well, yep. Sometimes delistings do improve a club. I'll give you that. Well, it's just, you know, it's the first marker of that was then and this is now. And we're starting afresh. We're looking ahead to the to next season and the seasons thereafter. And... Yeah, I'm just excited for that to arrive and it happens to start with delistings and I don't know, I'm also anxious about the trade table. We don't don't really seem to be doing much and it doesn't look like we're going to do much. So I'd just rather find out. I'm anxious about what's going to happen and what's not going to happen. I just want to know. I want answers. Well, there's always wasted talents that get drafted into state and don't perform there that we can pick up. That is true. That is true. There's always opportunities, Chief. I wouldn't be too worried. I, I did say anxious. It's uh, it's more excitement than anything. Um, I'm dr- I'm dreading the uh, what will seem like an eternal wait till the 2018 season. Um, I mean, we're a week removed from the grand final, and this week seems to have lasted an eternity. So we'll see how we go. But I mean, <laughs> if the news cycle is anything like it was in the past week, I don't think we're going to be bored. This is true. Yeah, we've wrapped up the grand final. It's the end of season 2017. We made it. Got to the end of that. I, I think we've we've both sort of concluded that we're 
kind of satisfied with Hawthorne's season in the end, in spite of where it began. Um, I think we made enormous strides and satisfied with this season. We look ahead to the next season and uh, in terms of the next pod, um, I don't know when the next one's going to be, but well, I should signpost for the listeners. They will drop off in frequency just for a bit. Um, we'll, we'll cover your trade stuff and you know what's happening off the field, but we probably won't go weekly like we were during the season. And I don't have to explain why. I mean, you guys are smart. <laughs> You're a smart bunch. You get it. Just not as much happening, so it makes sense. Whenever there's a scandal, we'll jump on. <laughs> <laughs> well, don't promise that. <laughs> Let's see what happens. Fingers crossed it doesn't get too bumpy a ride from here. Yeah, there'll be a lot of rumours on Twitter, though. It should be good. I love the rumour season. Yeah, absolutely. Jump on Twitter, at HawkTalkPod. Hit us up with rumours, questions, comments. Uh, We love engaging with you guys, so uh, please do that. Uh, Jump on iTunes, rate and review us. Your reviews keep us going. Honestly, they're really important during the off-season, too, because... You know, not much going on, but you know, with enough love from our fans and enough support, it'll uh, it'll fuel us to keep going, keep putting up podcasts uh, more regularly than we might have otherwise considered. But um, yeah, so that's something to look forward to, and it helps us get guests in the future. Those kind of reviews, so yeah, yeah, absolutely, it will. Um, you know, if a few of our listeners have asked us on Twitter, um, you know, whether we'd have guests and stuff, it's something we're looking at, especially for twenty eighteen. Um, you know, when when we're close to the season, uh, we, we want to ramp things up and make this podcast bigger and better than it's ever been before. Um, me being back in the country would be a good start. Uh, <laughs> that will happen. Uh, <laughs> when I return from Canada, that'll be set in motion. But the thing you can do, listeners, is get right behind us. And you've done such a good job of it so far. Um, I know this is a long spiel now. This is a long rant indeed. Uh, but I, I also want to point out that looking at our Twitter numbers, as I just click on our homepage here, me personally, my goal was 500 followers by the end of the season. And we've exceeded that. We're 632. You know, for our humble little podcast that, you know, that we do together, Tiz and I, and sometimes we get guests, sometimes we don't. It, it really is an enormous response and we're very grateful for that. Um, so if you can keep that up, if you can recommend us, share us with friends, your, your fellow Hawks fans, anyone who might like to listen to us, it all helps. And uh, you'll you'll be making this podcast bigger and better as much as our efforts go towards making it bigger and better as well. And uh, can we just thank Tracy for following? Yeah, I, I did actually have that in my notes. That's something that... Um, I'm not sure Jeff's going to get behind the Hawk Talk podcast. (laughs) (laughs) But Tracy did, and that was nice. So, look, uh, in terms of speculation and, uh, you know, rumours that people were dissatisfied with her and she rubbed people up the wrong way, it's it's something I don't want to peddle too much because in terms of her association with our podcast, she was very nice to us, Tiz. She was. But uh, can you do a decent... Jeff impression? <laughs> no, you put me on the spot. I don't think I can. You? Not yet, but I'm working on it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll sizzle that out for the next podcast, I guess. Maybe the Christmas pod, Hawk Talk podcast, <laughs> with special guest Jeff Kennett. I'd realise pretty quick, Nick. I reckon. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, that'll do us for this podcast, and we'll be back when we're back. You know. You want it to be eventful so we can so we can get another podcast out there, but also perhaps not too eventful. If we can avoid weeks like we've just had, that might be okay too. <laughs> all, all I'll say is uh, keep an eye out. 
uh, Twitter's the place to go, at HawkTalkPod. You'll find when we uh, upload a new episode there or subscribe to us on iTunes, do all that stuff. We'll be back when we're back, but um, that is season 2017, and that is our episode for this week. Tiz, thanks very much. Great talking to you. Thanks, Nick. Great year. We are a happy team at Hawthorne.